Good morning. So my name is Ethan, and this is our 9.30 a.m. devotional. We call it that because it's a devotional, and it's at 9.30. But today we're going to be reading through Matthew 6. We're just going to be going through that and pausing when there's something important that we need to pay attention to. But let's go ahead and get started. So verse 1 of Matthew 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Now, normally I would try to like give a backdrop of what Matthew is and the verse before I even started reading, but I chose to just start reading first because this is one of those rare instances where the first, if you had to pick one thing that would sum up everything we're about to read, it would actually be the beginning. That's quite interesting because most of the time you read and then there's more and there's subject changes and things like that. But as we read, you know, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward for your father who is in heaven, from your father who is in heaven, really summarizes what we do. That's a really good way to start out because we just dive into that with various examples. A couple things to note. Matthew is a gospel that most people think is written by Matthew, even though the book itself is anonymous. You know, tradition and all the evidence we have points to Matthew being the author. Um, And its target audience is Jews, right? So you think about that culture. You have a bunch of people that openly serve Yahweh, very different than today, right? We don't have a a culture around us that's just openly Christian or openly this. It's a very mixed bag of people, and you're not sure what someone in public believes the moment you meet them. But in this culture, you met somebody in public. I mean, you're in Jerusalem, (laughs) of all cities. You meet somebody in public, you're going to know what they believe. They're going to believe what you believe. In other words, you know how to be a people pleaser very easily, you know, in today's world where we are, it's very hard to, um, to know exactly what somebody wants to hear when you talk to them. You don't know if you're going to make them upset. You don't know if you're going to make them happy, if you share how you feel your belief. But back then, that really wasn't a concern. You could just you know, say, praise God, praise Yahweh, and they would be happy because you knew that's what they would want. And that plays into effect later. But let's see. So we've got beware of practicing your righteousness before men as to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward for your father, from your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So let's go ahead and pause. What does that mean that they have the reward in full? He says, so when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets. So there was a time of donations back then where they would actually sound a trumpet. It's not just, we would read that and think, okay, don't draw attention to yourself when you give. And that's an obvious meaning, right? But they would actually sound a trumpet, and people would wait until the trumpet sounded before they went and gave. So everyone would be looking and notice that they gave something. But God doesn't care about your donations. He doesn't care about your good works. He doesn't care about your donations. He cares about why you do things. He cares about where your heart is in all of this. And that's what he's going to reward. He's going to reward your your heart posture. That's what he cares about. That's what he treasures. He doesn't treasure your donation. You know, if you're doing something for that of boys, or if you're doing something to, to please men, whatever they gave you, whatever you got from that, a sense of euphoria, whatever pride was fulfilled there in yourself, that's all you're getting. That's it. God's not honoring anything above that because, again, he cares about your hearts, and that's really it. So, but when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 
Right, so we have a, a contrast to waiting until a trumpet goes off to give. Instead, you're supposed to give in secret, right? So that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you that they have their reward in full. So, but when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So this is another piece where context matters, right? Remember the society we talked about. Praying in public then is a lot different than praying in public today. No one's going to go and pray in public somewhere today and think that everyone's going to be looking at them and, wow, what an awesome person they are. I'm sure that's not what anyone thinks would happen. People probably think, oh, what a loon, or that person's crazy, or they're probably a bigot. That's what most people would say now, probably, or at least that's what you think. But it's important to contrast that, which is in Matthew 6, what we just read about praying in secret, with what's before it in Matthew 5, verse 14. So you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So verse 16, this is important. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And that's really what Matthew 6 is after. It's walking the tightrope of Matthew 5, verse 16. So let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So you ought to do good works, and you ought to let people see them. But you need to do it in such a way where it glorifies God and not yourself, And how do you go about doing that? And that's what Matthew 6 is really all about. So we've got praying in secret. And today, I'm not sure how applicable that is. It's it's still, the message is still your heart posture. You know, you can pray in public if your heart is to glorify God and not yourself. The problem back then with going and praying in a, it'd be like if you hung out at the church all day and you waited to pray until Barney and Nathan were out here to see you praying. It would be that equivalent. And should you pray? Yeah. I mean, should you care if they see? No, you should just pray to glorify God. All right, so verse 7. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is Jesus giving us what everyone knows as the Lord's Prayer. And one thing that's important to note is after he's done telling them how to pray, he says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So he says that right after he gives us what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is how to pray. Um, An important thing to note with prayer is that God isn't gone the moment you stop praying. He's always there. He's always with you. Um, You can almost think of your life as a prayer if prayer is how you think of intimacy with God and him being with you and one with you. He's always there. And prayer is as much for us as it is for him. It's It's a time to stop, pause, reflect, focus, and try not to get too distracted from what we're doing. And in this prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, we're reminded that we have to forgive others in order to be forgiven. And that's a huge, huge truth. We're reminded of much, but those words are as much for us as they are for God as well. So, and then we have 
a continuation of what we talked about earlier with where's our heart posture, why are we doing things, and verse 16. So whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This kind of reminds me of flopping in sports. Anyone watch basketball? I don't because I think it's boring. But I do like the videos of people flopping. Ever seen LeBron like just barely get touched and he like flops like crazy? That's what this reminds me of, like people just like putting ashes on their face, making themselves look way worse than it is when they're fasting. Just so like, whoa, you're overcoming something really hard. It's like, don't do that. So verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy or thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is important because when we think about treasures on earth, and particularly when this verse gets quoted, we, it always gets used in the context of physical things, like don't chase money, don't chase cars. And it has that meaning, but if we just look at everything that was just listed, you know, we've got don't pray um, so people see you, don't give so people see you, don't fast so people take pity on you or these things. These are all like that a boys or, or pride or accolades that we're talking about. And instead it says, you know, later it says seek first the kingdom of God, but storing up treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. What are we counting as treasures in the context of that? We're, we're counting the fulfillment of our own pride as treasures instead of glorifying God. So we ought to just seek first the kingdom of God and make sure that we are um, focused on Christ. But verse 22, actually, in the context of um, in context of the little verse that we always just read out of context about storing up treasures in heaven, verse 22, which normally makes no sense to people when they read it, makes more sense when you hold it in tension with that. So verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. So verse 24, you cannot serve two masters. That makes sense enough, right? You can't serve two things at the same time. We get that. Verse 22, the eye of the lamp is the body, so if the eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. That one maybe takes a little bit more contemplation. That makes a little less sense at first. But when you think about the, the two things, you know, light and darkness, your eye cannot be focused on one thing, and then what's in you be, the, be something different. Whatever your eye is focused on, whatever you are thinking of, that, that's what will be in you as well. And this correlates to where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. Whatever you are focused on, whatever you're valuing, that's where your heart's going to be. Um, let's see, we'll move on to verse 25. So, and he also says you cannot serve God and wealth. So, you know, treasuring, storing up treasures on earth, that can be physical things. I'm not saying that it's not that, but it's just important that we note that it's not only that. So, verse 25, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed him like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And that's the end of Matthew 6 that we have it here. But things to note off of that that seems fairly simple, right? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, what is all of these things will be added to you? Well, specifically here, if we're talking about tangible things, we, we know it's talking about what will we eat, what will we drink, and what will we wear for clothing. So we have these three things that will be added to you. Specifically mentioned right here, if we seek first his kingdom. And what does seeking first his kingdom look like? Well, that's just the life of being a Christian and you know, walking in sanctification, all these things that we're constantly studying. But, and specifically in Matthew 6, it's, it's when we give to the poor, you know, we, we do it in secret, or it's making sure our heart posture is in the right way as we, um, as we walk about our life and as we do anything that we're doing. You know, he lists out specific examples, but it's not like it's only these things. Well, make sure your heart posture is right when you give or when you pray, and don't worry about anything else. No, it's, it's everything, but we're not going to list out every possible scenario that we may come across in our walk. It's Make sure whatever we do, we're doing to glorify God. Um, but as far as gifts go, or rewards, we've got what's mentioned here is um, clothing, food, and drink. So necessity, needs, right? Those are the physical things. But earlier, it talks about rewards too, specifically people that have them. So it says, let's see. So when you give to the poor... Do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Right, so they're doing it so that they're honored by men there. So truly I say to you, they have the reward in full. But when we do it, you know, we do it in secret, and as to please God, not to please men. And for what we do in secret, God will reward us. So what does that mean, that he will reward us, right? And that's something people talk about and people debate, but... It says that people that are doing it to glorify God will not be rewarded, and that if we do it to glorify God, we will be rewarded. Well, one thing we know for sure that I can tell you is that it's just listing out what it means to be a Christian. It's just telling you what it means to be a part of the family of God. You know, if, if we're doing things to serve ourselves, then we're not serving Christ. And what's it mean to be a part of the family of God? Well, that that is a massive reward. You know, that's, that's big S salvation and all the things that that means and getting to be a part of the family of God with all the, the family perks that that comes with. And that's all that we explore and everything that we come together and study. It's a huge thing that we don't even have time to cover all of. But I would just say that the reward, is it something more than that? Are you going to get a little pendant in heaven for that? Goodness, I, we don't have really any idea, but... I really doubt that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the reward of 
getting to be together as a family of believers and all the things that that comes with in contrast with someone that doesn't get that reward if they're not serving God. Anyway, let's go ahead and pray. So, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much. Thank you so much for all that you've done for this family that we get to be a part of. Bless Nathan as he gives his message. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.